Welcome back to the Successful AF Podcast with your hosts, Ashley and Fiona. How you doing, Faye? I'm good. So I just got back from my trip, so I'm a little Disney hungover, but um, <laughs> we are so excited for this week. We have our first guest on. It's our friend Jess. She's a nutritionist and registered dietitian, so she's really going to debunk all these myths and diet culture and all these trends on social media that you see um, around nutrition. So we're super excited. Fiona and I go to her for a lot of nutritional advice, so we're super excited to hear what she has to say today. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the show, Jess. Thank you for having me. We're super excited to have you today. So why don't you start off by telling us your background, kind of history, how you got to where you are, and just give us the full rundown. Sure. So my name is Jessica Goldsman. I am a registered dietitian nutritionist. Um, I currently work for one of the largest healthcare organizations in New York. Um, I'm a clinical dietitian, and really my specialty is critical care nutrition. So what most of my day really consumes of is when when your loved ones come into the hospital and they can't eat for whatever reason, or they're not getting good nutrition, I will usually give them some type of supplement. Um, you know, I figure out the best diet plan for them. Um, I also will do alternate means of nutrition, meaning tube feeding or IV nutrition, and we give diet education. I'm also an adjunct professor at um, LIU Post, which is where I graduated with both my bachelor's and my master's. So that's a lot of fun for me. I started off as a dancer, which um, is how we all know each other. (laughs) (laughs) So um, from the time that I was little, health and nutrition and wellness was all just really important to me. And um, when I was probably in like my junior year or sophomore year of high school, I had taken um, a health class. And I kind of thought I wanted to go into psychology because I kind of liked the idea of like counseling and helping people. But when I was looking into that further, I realized that I needed to get a PhD and it's just like a really long process to become a psychologist. So I then looked into becoming um, a dietitian and um, it was pretty much like love at first sight um which I think is really rare for when you go to college that you just like pick a major and then you just happen to love it and if I'm being honest I actually had no idea like what I was even getting myself into when I (laughs) chose to be a dietitian I kind of just thought like I wanted to do sports nutrition and um you know counsel athletes and so I started my college career at Suffolk Community College and honestly it was for no other reason than I didn't have the financial means to go anywhere else because my parents didn't go to college didn't have anything saved for me so I went there and I loved it there they had a um, dietetic technician program is what it's called and it's basically the equivalent from like an LPN to an RN like they're like a step below a dietitian and I really just like loved it right away and I really loved the medical side of it which is where I ended up going once I became a dietitian and then I had transferred to LIU to finish my bachelor's and then I stayed there for my master's and my internship because you do have to do an internship to become a dietitian and I think the cool thing about being a dietitian that I don't think a lot of people realize is that there's so much science behind it and that's really what makes you know I am a medical professional and um, I didn't know that going into it I didn't know that I was going to like the medical side of it or that I was going to be taking classes like chemistry and biochem and anatomy and physiology so you know it was definitely not at all what I expected but I really did love it and I stuck with it and even being in the beginning of my career now like I know that's where I'm like supposed to be I I would say like what do you think is the biggest 
misconception with like nutrition and your like your profession like when you tell people you're a nutritionist your field in general yeah. yeah i think people automatically assume i'm the food police and <laughs> <laughs> like, i think you guys literally us you i'm are. like dress is this healthy <laughs> anything i could i we were literally just talking about this before we started recording i posted something on my story and just immediately swiped up and was like are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> i mean but even like not even to that extent i mean i think like people would think that all I eat is like lettuce and <laughs> like grilled chicken and brown rice and like I think you guys can attest to anybody that I'm like the first person to be like let's go out to eat and get ice cream yeah um and you know that's not to say that I'm not a healthy individual but I think there's so much more to nutrition than what people believe um I also think that when people think of nutrition you automatically think of like the gym bros who like (laughs) all they eat is like broccoli and grilled chicken and brown rice and they like drink all their protein shakes and like they work out 24 7 and like I'm sure there are dietitians who are like that but I don't think that's the majority of our field so I definitely think like People think that I'm the food police and that all I do is make meal plans and I tell people (laughs) what not to eat. And like the reality is I am usually, especially in my field, because I'm seeing more um, undernourished and malnourished patients than anything else. um, The reality is I'm usually telling people to eat more like and add things to their diet, not take things away. And She's definitely telling that to me because <laughs> I don't eat vegetables. So. Yes, <laughs> and I mean she's like, can I, she goes to hibachi and she's like, can I have double rice? Yeah, no veggies, double fried rice. <laughs> <laughs> and Jess is like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think like that's really a big thing, and um, also people don't know that there's a difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist. So I don't even know what the difference is. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. I know that one is like clinical and like more medical, right? Like dietitian yeah, is more so medical. A nutritionist, there is like zero qualifications that make you a nutritionist. So you can just call yourself a nutritionist. So a lot of oh. um people yeah. <laughs> so that explains a lot on social media. <laughs> yes, exactly. So like these like TikTok people who are like nutritionists and they're like talking about the keto diet twenty four seven, like they probably just took like a three month program online. And, like, that's the extent of their nutrition knowledge, and then that's it. Or, like, a lot of um, people who are personal trainers will become a personal trainer. In, like, the personal trainer course, I think there's, like, one nutrition lecture. And then, like, they'll go and become a nutritionist through, like, again, like, some type of small online course versus myself as a registered dietitian. I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, and I completed 1,200 hours um under a registered dietitian and then I had to pass a national exam and then every five years I have to (laughs) every five years I have to get 75 continuing education credits so my knowledge is so extensive and going back to the science behind it um, you know I really understand like the biological and metabolic processes behind our food and nutrition and like what happens when you know, you eat a piece of string cheese from the time it enters your mouth to the time it leaves your body. Jess is currently eating string <laughs> cheese. So that's where that came from. <laughs> um, so do you feel like people that have that nutrition title or that give themselves that title, like, do you feel like that's more like what you learn in like core health class in high school? Because like I'm trying to think like I feel like I learned like food groups and like what was considered healthy. And like that's like the majority of what people think, I think, when they like eat food and yeah so like for example like I said I'm I'm adjuncting I'm teaching a nutrition 101 course Mm -hmm. to non-nutrition majors so I'm teaching them you know all the basics of nutrition you know what's a carb what's a protein what's a fat what are vitamins and minerals how do we lose weight healthily what's a healthy body weight um we go into a little bit about sports nutrition nutrition through the life cycle meaning like obviously what you need to eat as a child is different than what you need to eat as an adult So I think in those types of courses, they're covering all those basics, but there is so much more to nutrition than that. You know, you have to learn the basics before you can dive deeper. But I, like I said, I am a medical professional, so I can also read a research article about nutrition and I could dissect that where a nutritionist can't. 
So, you know, that's why a lot of times, like, you brought up the branch chain amino acids thing. <laughs> like, I could tell you that there's no research behind that because I know how to read a research article. I know how to actually conduct a research study if yes, I needed so to do that. so during my workouts, <laughs> I drink BCAs, and I posted the other day about how I ran out, and Jess is like, why are you drinking that? <laughs> okay, so that's a good transition into what we want to talk about today. So we kind of just wanted to debunk like the top three myths in diet culture or around like kind of what you see on social media, different diet trends and things like that. Um, we obviously can't do all of them. So we're just going to do three that we feel like are a big thing or good conversation starters. So the first one we're going to talk about is intermittent fasting. Okay. Um, so what do you want to know about it? Okay. So I just feel like just talk about it a little bit because explain what it is. Um, your opinion on it like you know I I know a lot of people that do this and they think that it's a good way for them to like lose weight or just monitor their intake anything like that so just I just want you to talk about it a yeah, little bit. Yeah I feel like it's viewed as one of like the healthier diets. Yeah because it's so not like you're not cutting things out of your diet but you're you know eating at certain times of the day and people view that as like positive so I just kind of want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, so what's actually interesting is I don't have all negative things to say about intermittent fasting. Um, okay, yeah. So basically, intermittent fasting is that you're eating between certain hours a day of the day. But is it specific hours or is it like you set them? Like I don't so remember what So that's it is. the thing is like some people do it differently. Oh, there okay. are some people who will literally eat every other day and then they call that intermittent fasting. That's crazy. Then there's people who eat, I feel like the most common one I hear is like 12 to 8 or like 12 to 6. But basically, you're setting specific times that you're eating and then specific times that you're fasting. But what I do want to bring up that I think is interesting is naturally, everyone fasts during the night, technically. That's why breakfast is called break fast because you're literally breaking the fast. Mm Uh, you know, so and breakfast to me is like even if you ate breakfast at 12 o'clock, it's still breakfast, even though that's technically lunchtime because that's the first thing you're eating to break your fast. Um, so with intermittent fasting, I think the issue becomes that if you're like, I'm only going to eat from 12 to 8 o'clock, but it's 10 a.m. and you're starving and maybe you go to the gym and you work out in the morning at 8 a.m. and now like you're not going to eat till 12 o'clock I don't think that's like a healthy habit to have um you know the other argument against intermittent fasting is that your body does not digest food differently at different times so I know it's like a big myth that eating after 8 p.m. let's say is really bad for your body and there's some truth behind that in the sense that people who are like late night snackers tend to overeat because you're grabbing like chips and cookies and things like that but I don't think that's true for everyone because like for example like growing up a dancer like sometimes you would end class at you know dance class at eight o'clock and now you eat dinner at that time and none of us were you know overweight or obese kids like that was just our schedule um, you know, even in college, like we would I get out of we get out of dance team at like 10 p.m. and like I don't have time to eat before that because I had class exactly. until right before practice and started. That's ex- yeah, yes. and that's when we eat. So and you that's know. exactly what I was just gonna say, especially as a college student too. Like I was always eating dinner really late. So you know, I think that the idea behind intermittent fasting is that you're going to eat between certain times so that you're not doing that late night snacking. So if that's like an issue for you, I think it could be beneficial. So you know, if late night snacking is not an issue for you then I feel like you're starting to restrict yourself unnecessarily um and that could lead into disordered eating patterns and disordered eating patterns are different than having an eating disorder um you know an eating disorder is a diagnosis it's a medical diagnosis saying that you meet certain criteria you know that you're binging and purging or you're you have anorexia nervosa whatever it may be but disordered eating is like that step before or like maybe you never reach an eating disorder but you have disordered eating and intermittent fasting could definitely lead into that because maybe you're going out 
out with your friends on a Saturday, and now are you not going to eat anything? Now if that's affecting. No, I'm going to go to Taco life. Bell after I just ate, just drank all of that alcohol. I'm going to go to Taco Bell. <laughs> exactly, and like that is like, I mean, most people would say like that's unhealthy, but actually that's a healthy behavior because you're in the sense that like you're allowing yourself to eat for social not even just like social like reasons but for pleasure too because food should be pleasurable and when food is not pleasurable that's when you start to have these disordered eating patterns and it can lead into very unhealthy behaviors i have a personal question um does alcohol like is it all like mental like when you drink a lot that you get hungry or is that an actual like like does alcohol do that to your body like make you hungry or like burn things faster or anything like that so the like, i know it makes you dehydrated yeah but. so the interesting thing about alcohol is the second that you consume any alcohol your body stops digesting whatever food is in there and literally does everything it can to just get the alcohol out of your system oh wow and yeah i didn't know that so it's what is that why you have to pee so much yeah, yeah okay. like your body is just like saying like holy shit i need to get this toxic poison out of my body <laughs> like <laughs> that's really what it's saying um that's why you're breaking the seal <laughs> yeah so i mean there's a lot of you know reasons then why like now because i feel like you start to get hungry like kind of after you've been like drunk for a while so like that alcohol is probably like starting to like come out of your body or like it's already in your bloodstream now um so then you start to feel hungry i mean you know Alcohol also just alters our mindset. So for some people, that makes us feel hungry. I mean, same thing like, you know, when you're like smoking weed, like it's altering your brain. So there are a lot of chemicals in our brain that are like our hunger cues. It's not just like we have physical hunger cues, but we also have. I think it's also it's also like cravings, too. Like every time I'm drinking, like I'm craving Taco Bell or like I go into (laughs) the night being like, I'm going to get Taco Bell tonight. But also that's a behavior, too. So like, you know, it's like some people like they eat the same thing for breakfast every day. So like for you, your body knows like, okay, I'm drinking alcohol. I'm going to eat Taco Bell tonight. (laughs) And you probably get the same thing at Taco Bell every single time you go. Cheesy roll ups and a Baja Blast. (laughs) (laughs) She knows. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's what I, that's how I kind of feel about intermittent fasting. Um, you know, I think there are pros and cons to it. It can help someone who um, really needs to, like, kind of eat during certain time frames to have that routine or, like, if they're a late-night snacker and they really want to get that under control. But it can be a dangerous kind of road if you're not that person and now you're just restricting and you're being really hard on yourself for it. I mean, I know some people that will only do it Monday through Friday and 12 to 8, that's eight hours of eating. That's not too bad. But when you're like only allowing yourself to only eat for like four hours a day and it's not really fitting in your schedule, that I think that can really be an issue. And that like goes into like the diet culture and like these food rules. And like Mm -hmm. you really should not have food rules. You should eat what you want when you want and eat what's going to make you feel good. Yeah. So let's talk about what you just said. So diet culture and let's compare that to like intuitive eating because I know that that's what you follow and something I try to do. Um, So let's talk about that. Yeah. So intuitive eating, I'll like define that first, is like pretty similar to mindful eating, which I think more people have heard of. But the difference is really that um, intuitive eating, you are eating not just, you know, whatever you feel like, but you're eating food that makes you feel good. And that is like your fruits and your vegetables and fiber and all those sorts of things. Um, So intuitive eating was essentially created by two dietitians and um, it basically follows like these, I think it's like seven or nine principles um, and there's a book out about it that I think is a really good read for anyone who has like fallen into like the trap of diet culture. But um, basically it's like eating when you feel hungry, paying attention to your hunger cues, not beating yourself up because, you know, you had a really bad day of eating yesterday because it was Halloween and, you know, you ate Taco Bell and nachos and whatever else. So I think that for a lot of like young teenage I feel like that's a really big like theme of like okay I went on vacation I have to go on a cleanse and like 
get this all out of my body and like only eat like fruits and vegetables and like yeah obviously like i just got home from disney like i can't wait to eat vegetables because i just ate like chicken fingers for a week and french fries like that that because that just is what makes my body feel better but like i'm not doing that because i like feel guilty about the things i just ate yeah like you can't look at it as like a punishment Exactly. And that's like the whole thing about intuitive eating is like letting go of that guilt and like just eating back on like your normal schedule. So, okay, you went to Disney for a week. You, of course, ate like shit because Disney doesn't really have anything healthy. But, you know, the point of intuitive eating to say is that you enjoyed your food that you ate at Disney and then you're going to come home and your body is craving vegetables because that's what it's used to. And you eat vegetables because you actually enjoy eating them. Um on the flip side, you know, diet culture is all the different trends and diets that are consistently coming out. I mean, you know, it changes every couple of years. Like 20 years ago, everyone was doing low fat. Now the trend is low carb. Um, you know, we basically, our body needs the three macronutrients, which are carbs, proteins, and fat. And there's really no right answer. You know, me and you could eat the same and we would still look completely different. Um, Even if we weigh the same weight, we would just look completely different because we have different body types and different proportions. And, you know, there's never a one size fits all answer for anything. And that's what diet culture really promotes that try this juice cleanse. You're going to lose 20 pounds and you'll feel great. But the reality is you might lose 20 pounds. But as soon as you stop doing that juice cleanse, you're going to gain it all back. And that's really where this like... um problem of like yo-yo dieting comes in so like Weight Watchers is a really big one um you know people follow Weight Watchers and then they stop and you know they might lose a lot of weight when they are following Weight Watchers but then they stop and then they gain it all back or maybe even gain more weight and when you're constantly going on a diet and restricting and then you stop and then you go back to eating and then you're restricting and then you're not that's slowing down your metabolism and that makes it harder and harder to lose weight every single time you try and do it. And there's a lot of dietitians who are, you know, anti-diets or um, anti-weight loss in general. And I, I will say I'm definitely like anti-diets. Like I would never promote someone to do any type of diet. Honestly, I think it's more about a lifestyle change. But I'm not necessarily against weight loss because I think that as a society, we always want to change our bodies and you do have to be client-centered as a dietitian. So if someone comes to me and they say like, you know, I'm really not happy with my body and I want to lose weight, I do want to talk about, you know, why you're not happy and if losing weight will actually make you be happy because chances are it's not. But what we can work on is if you come to me and you have high blood pressure, let's make lifestyle changes to improve your blood pressure. I do think like making those lifestyle changes too, like adding more nutritious food to your diet, like finding consistency, maybe going to the gym, like all those things like that will make you lose weight, but that will also help your body image like that will give you confidence and like that will be you'll learn things that you'll have for the rest of your life that you can consistently have, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was going to say. I always say that, you know, diet culture is always trying to take away things like don't eat carbs. Don't eat fat. Don't eat sugars. Don't eat it after 8 p.m. You know, it's always don't, don't and, you know, taking away things where really we should be adding things into our diet. You should be drinking more water. You should be eating more fruits and vegetables, eating more fiber. Um, You know, a lot of times it's not what we're eating. It's really like how much and what we could add and the different proportions that we can make it instead. So, you know, when you have your plate of food, you know, the biggest thing I will tell people is you want to automatically make half of it fruits and vegetables um, and then, you know, have a little bit of carbs and a little bit of protein. And, you know, if you need to eat more, add more of those, you know, high fiber foods, those whole grains and those fruits and those vegetables. And that's what's really going to fill you up in the end. And I think, you know, that's the um, struggle between diet culture and lifestyle changes is diet culture is a quick fix. And there's really nothing that's going to be a quick fix. You really do have to change your lifestyle, whether it be food, exercise. I mean, it really should be a combination of both. But, um, you know, diet culture is not ever promoting that. They're always promoting a quick fix, whether that's the keto diet or juice cleanse or 
drinking chlorophyll on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, you know, like something. I'm pretty sure I texted Jess and was like, hey, is that a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you know, like there always is some truth behind each diet that comes out. But the reality is like uh, I'm going to use the chlorophyll thing, for mm-hmm. example. So like chlorophyll is in green f- like vegetables, obviously. And instead of buying like really expensive chlorophyll and putting it in water, that's like also really expensive. It also tastes like dirt. Exactly. Like, I, yeah, I tried <laughs> it. And like I literally was like, how are people drinking this black water? It literally tastes like I just went outside and ate grass. Yeah. Ew. Like it's disgusting. I don't know how people are doing it. So, you know, instead of doing that, like, you could just eat, like, spinach, and that has more benefits in it because the chlorophyll is, like, missing the fiber and the water and the vitamins and minerals that are in spinach. Like, I think that's what people forget about fruits and vegetables. It's not just about, like, the fruit and vegetables itself. Like, there's so many other benefits to the whole package of the, like, fruit and vegetable. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, now that we're talking about chlorophyll, you know, (laughs) I'm the first person to try any supplement that I think is beneficial. You know, I go to the gym a lot, so I take pre-workout almost every day. And then during my workout, I was drinking BCAs, but (laughs) I actually ran out and just roasted me. (laughs) So I'd love to talk about supplements that you think are necessary if you don't think any are necessary um personally i don't eat any fruits and vegetables so i try to take as many supplements to supplement the fact that i'm not eating fruits and vegetables um but yeah i'd love to talk about that with you so yeah so i actually love this question because when i first started as you know a nutrition major i was like totally against all supplements i was like you know there's no reason to you know take you know, any sort of like supplement whatsoever. And I think like it's important right now to distinguish there is supplements is very broad category. So Mm -hmm. there's like vitamin and mineral supplements, like, you know, you're taking a multivitamin or vitamin D and then there's like pre-workout and branched chain amino acids and creatine and stuff like that. So we'll talk about both, but so I'd really love to talk about creatine too, (laughs) because I was debating starting it. So you're not going to be happy with any of my answers. Oh, okay. Can't (laughs) wait. But so the first thing I will talk about is vitamin and mineral supplements. And honestly, I think every single person should be taking a multivitamin every day because like, okay, here I am a dietitian and I eat fruits and vegetables and whole grains or whatever. You know, I do my best, but like, I'm going to tell you exactly what I ate yesterday and it was really bad. So I didn't eat breakfast because I woke up at 5 a.m. for work. Um, I had an orange and then we got sushi for lunch. And then yesterday, I love sushi. <laughs> she loves sushi. <laughs> I do love sushi. And then I came home from work and I was like super tired and I didn't, I didn't make dinner yesterday. I um, ate pierogies and like leftover like rice and frozen vegetables so like was that a good diet absolutely not like but I have a multivitamin that I take every day and I say it's like an insurance policy because at least like so I ate like shit yesterday today maybe I'm gonna eat better um (laughs) stay tuned we still haven't eaten yet today (laughs) I didn't really eat yet today but you know, at least I have my multivitamin that's giving me all that my essential vitamins and minerals that I need every day. Um, the other thing, two other like supplements that I really recommend for everyone is vitamin D. Like we live in New York, the Northeast. If you live like anywhere north during the winter, it's literally impossible to get enough vitamin D because our main source is from the sun. Okay, so, so let me ask you, is mm-hmm. vitamin D in the multivitamin? So it is. Um, but I, so uh, most people are actually deficient in vitamin D. Like if you go and get your levels checked, I would bet you a hundred dollars. You're probably deficient. Um, like any of us, I was at one point too, and I was taking a multivitamin at that point. Um, my multivitamin has, I think a thousand vitamin D in it, but I take on top of that, um, a thousand more daily. So I take 2000 daily and like my levels uh, were really good that I actually stopped taking it during the summer because like I'm out in the sun a lot during the summer. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you have to get your levels checked. I would never say just like start blindly taking supplements. I mean, a multivitamin is fine because your body will take what it needs and then you'll pee the rest out. But 
um, vitamin D, definitely go and get your levels checked first because it's if it's really low, you might need like a higher dose at first, and then you will have a maintenance dose after that. Can I ask like what happens if your vitamin D is low? Like what is that for? I mean, you know, like you probably you. I don't really think there's like blatant side effects of it, but you know, vitamin D is really important for your bones. So, you know, vitamin D and calcium are, are what makes our bones strong and healthy. And obviously as you get older, your bones diminish in like dense, your bone mineral density decreases anyways. So if you're deficient in vitamin D as like a 20 something year old, when you become like a 90 year old and you know, now you might fall and now you have a hip fracture and you just don't have good vitamin D stores. So that's really bad for like your bones. And especially as women, once we um, go into menopause, we lose our estrogen factor and that's a protective factor against our bones. So like a lot of like, that's why you see a lot of like old frail women who like fall and break their hip. And now they're like, you know, struggling with that. Like, you know, if you break your hip and you're 90 something years old, you really can't do very much yourself. So vitamin D is definitely like really important. I mean, there's a lot of roles that vitamin D plays in immunity. I mean, with coronavirus, it's like one of the um, vitamins that a lot of people have been taking because it does show to have like a lot of roles in immunity. Um, You know, I could talk uh, for a long time about all the different ways that vitamin D like really affects our body, but it's definitely like a really important vitamin to make sure that you are sufficient and and most people are not okay and i know you mentioned getting those levels checked how honestly i have no idea yeah so go go to you just go to your primary doctor and when they don't have one of those (laughs) okay so that's bad but why do you um, go to a primary doctor i don't know what do you go to if you're sick um urgent care yeah so, so it's actually really funny that you say that because I think there's a lot of people our age that don't have a primary mm. doctor, but you really should be getting blood work done once, like once a year. And most like primary care doctors are going to test your vitamin D levels when you get your like blood work done because it's just such a common deficiency. So like, like for okay. example, like I'm due for like my like annual checkup and like they'll check my levels there. But I like went in last time with like a list of other like vitamins and minerals that I wanted them to check because um, I wanted to make sure I was okay. Um, You know, I'm not vegetarian, but I tend to eat more on like a plant based side because I just don't really like love like meat and I love fish, but like I don't love like meat and chicken a lot. I do eat it, but like not as much as I should. So, like, I wanted to get, like, my B12 and my iron levels checked because I wanted to make sure I was, like, okay in that area. So, I always, like, recommend to, like, check your levels and then supplement if you're low. Um, And then that goes into the next thing I was going to say. There are certain, like, disease states or ways that you're living that you might need a supplement. So, if you're, like, lactose intolerant, and I'm not talking about a lactose intolerant person who still eats dairy (laughs) because there's a lot of those, but... If you're, like, a strict, like, lactose intolerant person who, like, never eats dairy, like, you pretty much need a calcium supplement then mm-hmm. because you're not getting enough. Um, vegans, vegetarians, um, B12, zinc, and iron are, like, really important because those are really found in meats and they, they're just not getting enough of it. You need a supplement. Pregnant woman. Um, you know, you, they, they take a, like, usually like a prenatal, like vitamin, um, Foley is a really big one for a pregnant woman too. And even like any woman who's like, a of childbearing age, you want good folate stores because it helps prevent neural tube defects. So it, it like prevents if you're going to like get pregnant and like, because a lot, I think a lot of people don't know that they're pregnant right away and you might still be drinking or doing other things that might cause like negative side effects when like the fetus is developing. So if you have good folate stores, that helps prevent that. Um, vitamin C is another Thank one. Thank you for dumbing that down because <laughs> I did not know what that meant. Yeah. Oh, does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, vitamin C is like another one. Uh, I think, again, especially in like the era of coronavirus, a lot of people are worried about immunity and they're taking vitamin C. Um, I don't think that's necessarily an issue. I have taken vitamin C before. I don't take it consistently because my multivitamin does have it in there. But that's like one that you're once you get to like whatever your body needs, you're just going to pee it out. So that's a big thing with supplements is you do want to be careful of like what you're spending your money on because your body's going to take what it needs and most of it is going to get peed out. 
like it's our water soluble vitamins which is b's so b12 b6 all of those um and then vitamin c our body does store vitamin d and um vitamin k and e and a um which in the united states we're not really hugely deficient in vitamin e and a and k so those are not levels that we're checking so much but the other ones that i talked about are definitely ones to get your levels checked and like you know be concerned about um so how do you feel about fitness supplements yeah so then I <laughs> that's then gross I, I don't know she honestly just like made me so nervous i'm like oh my god i gotta go get my blood checked today <laughs> i also need yeah, to she's like i need a primary doctor <laughs> i literally need to get my blood checked because i don't even know what blood type i am well so going back to the sports supplement so the all supplements vitamins minerals sports supplements none of it is regulated so i do want to bring that up so yes. that is like a concern like but I'm saying, like, I take a multivitamin. Like, I buy from, like, reputable sources. So, like, I take, like, woman's one a day with iron. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's heard of that before. Um, you'll, the other thing that I can say is you want to try and look for vitamins and minerals that have, like, the USP, like, label on it. Like, it just means that it's, like, a little bit more, like, researched. Um, but so the sports supplements definitely don't have um, the USP labels on them. And... They just, like, they're not regulated, and you don't really know what's in it. Like, there's a lot of, like, fillers, I think, in it. So, you know, we were talking about pre-workout before we started recording, and pre-workout just has, like, so many chemicals in it. And to me, um, you know, I always try and eat, like, as natural as possible. And I mean that in a way of, like, of course, I eat processed stuff because all of our food is processed, but, like... If I can eat, like, the most natural I possibly can, like, fruits, vegetables, breads, pastas, grains, like, you know, whole grains, not, you know, white bread and white pasta, I try and eat that way. So, to me, when you're, like, if you're, like, an avid gym goer who feels like that and then you're taking, like, pre-workout, it's, like, the total opposite. Do you feel like there are, like, any pre-workouts that are more natural based because i feel like there is because i feel like i've seen tiktoks of of girls that were like debunking like the ones that are really bad the and ones, then like yeah. what you should take instead so kind there of thing. definitely is i mean you know there's definitely brands that are more like quote-unquote clean ingredients like i hate using that word because like really all of our food has crap in it i mean it's like impossible to avoid but there are definitely brands that are better than others so i think if you have to take those types of, of things you know, to try and find those brands that are, I'm not super knowledgeable on that because I, I cannot justify taking any of those supplements, you know, branched chain amino acids, creatine, any of those, because there's really like very little research to back up that any of it actually works because most people who go to the gym and they like think they need to eat all this protein, you don't need to eat that much protein. Like your body can only take and utilize up to 30 grams at one time really i was told like you know on you know gym you know everything there i was told i should be eating half my body weight in protein so to me that's like such a waste because your body is literally just excreting the rest of it out so i'm gonna get a little sciencey for Mm -hmm. a second but i'll try and dumb it out um as much as i can so basically when your body takes in protein Proteins have a nitrogen attached to it, and that nitrogen, when the protein gets broken down, gets excreted as what's called um, nitrogenous waste, and your kidneys have to break that down. So when you're overeating protein, your kidneys are working like overtime to get that nitrogen out of your body, and it can lead to like your kidney function decreasing. Oh my God, I'm scared. (laughs) Basically, Ashley's going to die, everyone. (laughs) So that's not what I'm saying, but I am saying- I take all of this. I take pre-workout. I have my protein. I have my BCAs. I was looking into creatine, but I don't even know if I want to hear your your answer about that. But so, you know, I think- People, as Americans in general, we just, like, totally overeat protein. Like, 
we really do. We don't need that much protein. Like most of your calories should come from carbs, even if you're trying to build muscle because carbs are what's giving you energy. So it's not that you shouldn't eat protein. Of course you should because you do need it for like growth and maintenance. Like protein does a lot in your body, but you don't need as much as you think you do. Really, you should be eating more protein. I mean, more carbs and fat than you are protein. When you like look at like the circle of like what percentages should come from each macronutrient, it should be carbs is the most, fats is the next, and fats from like healthy fat sources like avocados, walnuts, fish, um, olive oil, things like that. Um, definitely not coconut oil. Coconut oil is very high in saturated fat. I feel like that's another like really big myth. Okay. And what about avocado oil? Avocado oil is fine. Okay, that's yeah. what I use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I do She's like. She's got one. <laughs> I'm honestly having a panic attack over here. My anxiety's like through the roof. <laughs> She's gonna go to therapy oh and like to be like, oh my god, my friend came on the podcast. I'm basically and gonna die. I don't have anything now. to eat anymore in my house because I only have Rice Krispie treats. So <laughs> I do prefer Rice Krispie treats are carbs though. She just said that carbs are good. Yeah, but they do have added sugars, but that's like a whole other thing. But you know what? If you like Rice Krispie Treats, I'm not telling you to eliminate it, but maybe not every day. Mm. Um, She eats eats Rice Krispie Treats with her pre-workout to go to the gym. Yeah. Like that's her carbs before she goes to work out. I'll give you a benefit to that. You are providing your body with simple carbohydrates to help fuel your workout. So that is a plus to your diet. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I think... Like I was saying, you know, protein is important, but we don't need to be eating it in copious amounts. And it's funny to me because I feel like a lot of people, they finish their workout. Now they drink like this protein shake that you get from the gym that has like 100 grams of protein in it. And your body can't even utilize all that in one sitting. So it's like basically pointless. You're just getting like something that's really expensive and your body can't even utilize all of it. Do you think so? I've seen a lot with like um younger males or people that are like malnourished like that are trying to go to the gym to gain weight and they eat a lot of protein that's a really good question because put on muscle yes so basically there is a pop there are populations who need very high protein needs and that's basically like my population i see in the hospital like i give them like a lot of protein because they need it they're sick in the hospital they have muscle breakdown um when you're older you need more protein because they're usually like have signs of like muscle wasting so those people need it so if you're someone who um you know is trying to gain weight you do need more protein but still like not as much as like you think because you you do need carbs more than anything else like carbs is the preferred fuel for your brain and you really can't do anything else without having enough carbs and if you're not eating enough carbs but you're eating a lot of protein your body is taking that protein then and then using it for energy and that's not like what your body wants to do it wants to use carbs so you kind of just when you're not eating enough carbs you just start to create like this vicious cycle of like different processes that your body is not supposed to do and it's just like not it's not an ideal situation for your body is really like the best way that I could put it in Mm -hmm. like simpler terms but there are populations who do need more protein but I think the average American is overeating protein when they don't need to be and you can still you know gain muscle by increasing your fat and your carbs because then your protein that you're eating can actually be used to for growth and maintenance rather than just being excreted and then your body's still looking for that those carbs and fat for energy yeah, I think I have two points now because I do eat a lot of carbs. So, <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about. I know you said like you feel like everyone should be taking a multivitamin. Um, they should be eating more carbs, less protein, like in in general. Um, but what is what is some advice that you would have for someone that's struggling with consistency around like their diet and their nutrition, and some tips for adding these things into their diet without like fully cutting out food groups because I know we said like a lot of people are fully cutting out carbs and things like that in this in this diet culture so what is some tips to just slowly um, change that lifestyle yeah so as I said before you always want to add in food rather than taking something away so that would be like my first rule of thumb and I would say the first thing would be to um, one if you can like go see a dietitian because like they're there to help you and like really create a lifestyle plan that works for you um, because you know 
what might help you might not help Ashley and might not help me. But in general, um, you know, pick one thing that you want to work on. So I'm going to pick on you for a second. So like you don't (laughs) eat vegetables at all. So like you need like I would say like your goal would be to like try one new vegetable a week (laughs) and like try and find ways. And we've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. like try and find ways to hide your vegetables in food. So like you're someone that I would say like you should probably drink a smoothie every day. And, like, throw spinach and, like, cauliflower in it. Frozen cauliflower in smoothies is so good. I promise you don't taste it at all. But, like, that's just, like, an extra, like, oomph of vegetables that you would get for the day. I mean, you know, I think, like, I've sent you, like, recipes before of, like, hiding vegetables. And I think, like, a misconception is that, like, if, oh, if I add, like, fats and cheese and butter to my vegetables, like, that defeats the whole po- the whole purpose. And it actually doesn't. There's a lot of research to show that, just eating the vegetables in general is more beneficial than anything else. And I think, like, I am, like, someone who's, like, always thinking about, like, adding more vegetables to <laughs> my diet. So, like, I'm always, like, okay, I'm making dinner. How can I just, like, throw vegetables in here to, like, bulk it up? In general, like, everyone, like, just picking one thing to work on. And then, like, once you get that down pat, then add something else in. Because it really has to be, like, something that you can change and sustain and that's the key is like it needs to be sustainable so if you never go to the gym to be like all of a sudden you're going to go to the gym five days a week like that's totally not realistic at all like just say you're going to go to the gym one day one day a week i also think it should like a whole nother thing is like you don't have to go to the gym to have movement in your day like that's like something i've learned and like that will so make you feel good like if you don't feel like going to the gym like go for a walk for an hour like listen to a podcast like you know you don't have to like have a full like great workout at the gym you know yeah and like so I'll talk like a personal experience is like I grew up a dancer but like since I've graduated college and I stopped dancing like I hate going to the gym I mean how do I have a gym membership that I pay for and at one point was I good about it yes but like I'll be honest like I don't I haven't gone to the gym in months and like what I just try and do is I always take the stairs at work I try and park my car like further away. I try and go for a walk. When I go to the grocery store, I always like make sure like I'm like taking like a long lap around the store, like little things like that to basically, like you said, get movement throughout the day. I like stretching. I mean, like stretching also just like relieves stress. So like maybe my movement's not burning like a lot of calories, but I'm getting movement that makes me feel good in. And I think like that's really the key is like whether it's food or movement, it should make you feel good and it should be pleasurable. And when you start to lose that like pleasure aspect, that's when you're not going to do it anymore. If you don't like a food, don't eat it or find a way to make yourself think it tastes good you know like I was gonna say no problem there (laughs) if I don't like it I don't eat it (laughs) like for example like I joke like putting parmesan cheese on anything to me like automatically make it taste better like I I I agree (laughs) I I agree like I could roast any vegetable and put like olive oil parmesan cheese and red pepper flakes on it and now it's good so a new segment that we like to do with all of our guests is 20 questions so kind of rapid fire answers you know as fast as possible and do you want to start fiona yeah i'll start so what's your favorite book so i don't read um (laughs) okay (laughs) um all right next question uh what's your favorite podcast so i feel like i'm gonna get a lot of hate for this but i will say it is call her daddy um only because i really just feel like um alex cooper's she's so smart in the way that she like markets her podcast and like really just makes it very entertaining um, what's one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? Oh my God. Um, I think it would really just be to like, not be so hard on myself. Um, you know, like everything's going to work out exactly how it's going to work out. And I think I just like have a really hard time, like trying to like always like, be the best and like I put a lot of pressure on myself to like be great and like I'm always thinking like 20 steps ahead of like where I am now I mean this is like advice for my current self (laughs) honestly but you know it really is just like everything's gonna happen the way it's supposed to be and like you don't need to stress about it yeah I I think that's I love that okay next question do you think money can buy happiness 
I think to a certain extent. I mean, you know, if I had more money, (laughs) (laughs) I think I would be a little bit happier. But I don't think that, like, just having money alone, you know, would make you happier. Of course not. Um, I mean, you know, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Because it would it would let me do things that I can't do right now that yeah, I know would like, make me happy. Like I travel. Just in I Disney just for like three that. weeks like, longer. I would love like if I was if I was rich, I would never work. <laughs> 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 like, you know, I love my job, but like I could I don't know. Like I just I do think it does. I think having extent. money frees up a lot of time yeah. to do things that I would make yeah. me happier. I mean, you know, that kind of goes back to like when you guys were talking about in the first episode, like financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that's where money like can make you happy Mm -hmm. but you know you could be the richest person on on the planet and still be miserable yeah Yeah. exactly oh is it my question yeah um do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert okay so i don't know if i'm gonna say this right but i feel like i'm an introverted extrovert in the sense that i am very outgoing and i could talk to anyone about anything but i really like value my alone time Okay, what would you do if you were suddenly awarded a billion dollars? Like, what would I buy? Or, like, what, just First do thing, off the bat, what would you do? Like, would you go you would buy something? Would you go whatever? Okay, like, the first thing I would do would be call Cam, like, my boyfriend, <laughs> and be like, we just won a billion dollars. <laughs> um, and then I would go on vacation for, like, a month. Like, yeah. I would just go, like... S- I don't know. Like, I would just, like, travel. Um, in your life, what was the biggest blessing in disguise? <sighs> so, this is really corny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I have a boyfriend of almost 10 years. Oh, my God. I know <laughs> what you're going to say. And I honestly just think, like, being with him for the last, you know, almost 10 years. And, like, we started dating when we were 13 years old. So, just like getting to grow up with someone is really special I mean like we literally know everything about each other and I just think it's such a blessing like I said like so corny like soulmate to just like do everything in life with whether it's like traveling or you know starting our careers together like we just moved in together I mean it's like an incredible journey to really have like someone and really rely on someone I mean like the last two weeks like moving in has been like kind of hard on my mental health because I hate change and um I like really struggle with like control and change in general and it's something I'm working on in therapy but just to have like him as like a constant in my life and like someone that just like truly loves me and like supports me and like anything I do is just like a really incredible feeling and like that was really <laughs> corny and I don't know no, if but I, think I, knew, like, I think she just gave her wedding vows like <laughs> <Yeah>. on our <laughs> podcast <laughs> <laughs> like it really is just like I don't no, think but I'm it's something special you know yeah. I, it's I not it's something it's that not a lot of people get to experience exactly. like no most people do not like end up with the person that they started dating in <laughs> middle school so yeah, seriously thank god for that <laughs> <laughs> same <laughs> okay next question uh what is something you feel like you manifested even if it was subconsciously my current job actually um so I don't know if I even like really told you guys like how I ended up where I am but so like ending my internship like a few of the girls like started to get a job and I was like oh my god like I don't have a job like why am I not the first person to get a job and I was like so upset and my mom was like you're gonna get like a job like relax like those girls aren't even like full-time or whatever it's not even in like the place that you want it to be and I was like very stressed out about that and then like I had seen like the job posting for the hospital that I'm at I applied and I was against four other um candidates who had all like either worked there or interned there and I was like there's no way I'm going to like get this job and I had applied for other things or like I had like the place that I interned at like I was like pretty much like going to be offered a job there but it just like wasn't like the right like fit for me I think in the end and I think I didn't know that then but then like as soon as I interviewed like as soon as I applied for the job like I feel like I was just like this is the job I want and like I did get it and I still like don't know like how like I really like ended up like making such a good impression and beating them out 
I love that. Yes. Um, okay. If you were not in the industry that you were in currently, what industry would you be in? Um, I think if I like didn't have to worry about money, like I would be a doctor, <laughs> which I guess is like similar in like. What the do you industry. mean if you didn't have to worry about money? Because Doctors like made I more money. No, because I don't want to pay to go to med. Oh, school. to go to school. Oh. Okay. Like, like you I think you would have kept going. Like yeah, I mean, and like, went to medical school. I think, like, as I said in the beginning, like, I didn't know it was so science based. And, like, to get into, like, me in high school, like, I always, like, considered myself, like, the stupid person in those smart people classes because I just, like, didn't really care. And that, like, it's not that I didn't do good in high school, but, like, I would have never, like, thought I would be, like, a science major at the end of the day. And then I went to college and I just, like, really, like, blossomed into, like, a totally different person. I think part of that was, like, all of my friends and my boyfriend all went away to school and like I stayed home and I went to Suffolk and I just like made it a point to like try really hard and then like I found my passion there but I think like if I didn't have to worry about like money and like the time that medical school takes like I would absolutely love to be a doctor. Uh, So I think you pretty much just answered this but what are you most passionate about? I think just like like nutrition in general I mean like Mm -hmm. I love my job I'm so passionate about my patients I mean like I really just like advocate for them but like just like health in general like I think like not just like nutrition but like mental health like I really try and just like be an advocate for all of the above what do you value most in a person this could be like a significant other a friend anything like that worker anything yeah anything probably honesty and communication what was your dream job when you were a kid um well actually (laughs) i was um really like when i was in kindergarten you know how you like write what you want to be um i was really into like madonna's album and i wanted (laughs) to be a cowgirl (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was not expecting that, that no. at all. But, I did not um, expect that either. But after that, I'm sure I wanted to be like a professional dancer at some point. I mean, you know, I think that's like every little girl who dances. And then, um, I don't know. I think at one ho- at one point, I was like, I'm just gonna be a stay at home mom. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah. What are you most proud of? Hmm, that's a hard question. Um. I think, like, I'm just, like, proud of, like, where I am right now, and I guess that's, like, not really a good answer, but, like, at 23 years old, like, I have a stable job, like, in a field that I feel very passionate about, and I love my job, and, I mean, it's exhausting, but, and I'm making really good money, and, you know, I'm adjuncting, like, that, and in itself is just like really incredible uh what do you struggle with the most definitely like as i said before like change and like when i'm not in control of things i feel super anxious and i'm a perfectionist at the end of the day i mean you know i like really just like strive to be like the best and for no other satisfaction other than my own like i never had parents that were like you have to be the best like my parents were never like that like I made that like I agree I agree (laughs) my mom's like why are you literally so hard on yourself like no one cares and I'm like no I have to be the best yeah um what is something many people misread about you from what people have told me I feel like a lot of people think that I'm like very cold-hearted and like a bitch when like they first meet me I think not a lot of people get to know that I'm actually like a very emotional person Um, I mean, like, I literally just, like, poured my heart out about my boyfriend (laughs) on here, but, um, I think, like, a lot of people don't realize that because I think I, like, come off very, like, confident and, like, headstrong and, like, those are things about me, but, like, I think I actually do have, like, a really big heart. Where is the best place you have ever visited? Definitely Hawaii. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I knew the answer. Um, what, what do you think makes you stand out from others? Hmm. Um, I think, like, the way that I present myself, I don't know, I think that, like, I can speak, like, well for myself, and I, like, am very opinionated, and I'm, like, strong in my opinions. Um, okay, next question, what is one of your goals for 2022? Um, so, I am planning on getting a special certification, um, for, it's called the Certified Nutrition Support Clinician, 
Um, so it's like a certification that like doctors or um, like pharmacists, dietitians could get. And like that's like definitely like one of my main goals for this year. Like it was something that like I set out that I wanted to do in like my first year of being a dietitian. And um, it really does nothing for me than just to give me knowledge and like get more letters behind mm-hmm. my name. But it's just like something that like I, I want to do. And then like a less like tangible goal is like I want to travel more and I just want to have like really good experiences. Um, What is something you know you want for yourself long term that feels out of reach right now? So like maybe even unattainable. I like stress a lot about finances like um, even though like I have like you know a good job and everything I feel like like I want to buy a house and like I, right now like that you feels like call me <laughs> yes I will but like she's like call me beat me if you want to reach me <laughs> <laughs> but like do you know what I'm saying like it right now it for feels me, very it unattainable. feels like so unattainable I mean with like the market and like I guess like it, in broad like terms like financial freedom feels unattainable right now for me okay uh last and final question what is one word you want to be remembered by? That's really hard. <laughs> one word? Yeah. Um, like, if you could have one word on your tombstone, like, what oh. would you want it to be? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> or, like, after you die, like, what is one word that you want everyone to collectively say about die? you? That's literally what remembered by means. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she moved away. What? No, She's still alive. Not, yeah. No, I have. It to means be, like after it, you die, like yeah, what is like one word you are, want like everyone to collectively say about you? Me? Um, hmm. I'm like in between like two words. Um, the first word that came to mind was honestly like bold. Oh, um, I like okay. that. I love that. And then my second word was just like loving. So with that, thank you so much for coming on yes, our thank episode you. this week. This was an amazing episode. Uh, we're so excited to have you as our first guest so we hope that all our listeners really learned something from this episode like i mean i learned so much and i listen to her talk about nutrition all the time yes so i i really hope that everyone and i literally said where we want to have guests you know who's the first person that we want to have on and our immediate thought went to you so you know we're very thankful that you were able to come on and talk about this topic with us well (laughs) thank you so much for having me and um you know i'd love to have like I'd love to come back. So um, can you do us a favor and plug all of your social media for people to follow you? I just have Instagram. Um, it's at just nutrition underscore with Jess. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I've been slacking on my Instagram, but I'm trying to be better. So okay. well, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank and you guys. Thank you to all our listeners. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Successful AF Podcast and join our facebook group successful af podcast also so we will see you next week see you next week